Welcome to Before Breakfast, a production of iHeartRadio. Good morning. This is Laura. Welcome to the Before Breakfast podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about money and how it intersects with the topic of time. Time and money are both limited resources. They can often be exchanged for each other. When you work, you're generally exchanging time for money. You can also pay money to free up time, both at work and at home. Because time and money can be exchanged for each other, I think it's helpful to have a reasonable sense of what your time is worth, though this isn't as straightforward a calculation as it might seem. Today's tip is about how to think about the value of time holistically. When you ask people what their time is worth, they probably calculate about what they earn per hour. Someone who earns $80,000 a year, working about 2,000 hours a year, so standard full-time job, is therefore earning $40 an hour. So that person might say that his or her time is worth $40 an hour. If something costs less than $40 an hour to chuck, it might be wise to outsource. More than that, probably not. But it's not really that simple. For instance, much work that people do is hard to put a price on. Let's say that a family features one wage earner and one partner who stays home to raise the kids and take care of the home. By the normal calculation, the non-wage earning party's time is worth nothing. But most people don't actually believe that. If that were the case, it wouldn't make sense to pay money for anything that the non-wage earning party could do by him or herself. But in such families, the stay-at-home parent usually doesn't sew all the family's clothes or churn their own butter or things like that. We recognize that this person has other valuable things that he or she is doing. Time is still worth something in the absence of wages. Now, my turn-your-own-butter example is facetious. But what I'm getting at here is that the question of time and money and outsourcing is often as much about what we perceive as normal as it is about what people could earn per hour. A lot of people view hiring a cleaning service as indulgent, but we all outsource something. We don't grow our own wheat. We don't drive our own letters to Wisconsin or wherever it is they're going. We outsource that to the post office. Really, what we choose to pay to get off our plates is a matter of degree norms, and preferences, and what seems efficient. So with that in mind, I think the question of when to exchange money for time should be less about exact income per hour and more about what we enjoy and what we don't, and what we can uniquely do and what others can do just as well, or sometimes better. Money is a tool, and like any other tool, it can be used within reason to do useful things. Given that time is ultimately limited, It might be worth paying more than $40 an hour to offload something our $80,000 a year worker truly hates. On the other hand, if she loves doing something, it doesn't matter if you could pay a mere $5 an hour to get rid of it. We should generally try to boost the amount of happiness in our hours, even if the economic calculation doesn't support it in the most straightforward way. I see this all the time in the choices people make. For instance, when I've looked at the schedules of incredibly busy people, I've often suggested freeing up space by getting groceries delivered. If you live in an area served by the major grocery delivery services, this is often incredibly cheap. I mean, you might pay less than $10 for the delivery plus a tip. Given that it takes time to drive to the store, peruse the aisles, pay for your groceries, load them in the car, and transport them home, almost everyone's time is worth more than that. Indeed, if you're like me, you might save money with delivery. Since I know I'm less prone to impulse purchases online, than I am when I'm smelling those lovely bakery items. But a lot of people really resist this suggestion. And when I explore this, 
I realized that many people truly love grocery shopping. They love seeing the cool foods displayed. They love smelling those bakery items. They love feeling guilt-free about spending money because, hey, everyone has to eat. Sometimes it's a chance to get one-on-one time with a kid that you take to the store, or it's something that a couple does together, fantasizing about great meals to come. Maybe an excuse for one party to get a little solo time on the weekend while still doing something productive. If this is the case, then this can be a great way to spend time. On the other hand, I often hear from people, and probably not the same people as the grocery lovers, but still plenty of people, that making dinner on weekday nights is incredibly stressful for them. I mean, you're tired after work and everyone's cranky because they're hungry. You just want it done. There are lots of ways to solve this problem with cash, from having a standing order for delivery from reasonably healthy restaurants, to a meal delivery service, or even hiring someone to come make dinner twice a week with enough for leftovers on the other nights. But people kind of resist that suggestion too, particularly the last one. I think because they assume you'd need to be a billionaire or something to hire a chef. The economics are far more reasonable than that, but even if it is pricier than doing it yourself, it might be worth it. If the result is more peace after work, fewer fights about whose turn it is to make dinner, and better dinner table discussions because no one is seething with resentment. In any case, if you are truly hard up, life involves very tough choices. I get that. But if you've gotten to the point where you have some disposable cash, then thinking of money as a tool can help with seeing the value of time. If you are to devote a little bit of money to solving some particular pain point in your schedule, what would that be? How could you make that work? What would you do with the time instead? If you've got an answer to that question, this could be smart, whether the straight-up calculation happens to be or not. What have you paid to get off your plate? Please let me know at Before Breakfast Podcast at iHeartMedia.com. In the meantime, this is Laura. Thanks for listening. And here's to making the most of our time. Hey, everybody. I'd love to hear from you. You can send me your tips, your questions, or anything else. Just connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Before Breakfast Pod. That's B E the number four, then breakfast, P-O-D. You can also shoot me an email at beforebreakfastpodcast at iheartmedia.com. That before breakfast is spelled out with all the letters. Thanks so much. I look forward to staying in touch. Before Breakfast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.